here back with episode 8 of season 1 of Masters of Horror. This is John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns, the probably most anticipated episode when it aired, and perhaps in rewatch. I, yeah. Is that why they, on the cover, it says John Carpenter's, or it was labeled on my my streaming thing is John Carpenter's cigarette burns. And I don't feel like the other ones were, I don't think they were either. Uh, and I am guessing they felt fairly rightfully so that he was probably the biggest name to pull people in the biggest pull for sure. It's not like they, they never like Craven never did one of these. No, in terms of anybody (laughs) that was like really mainstream, I think Carpenter is probably the most, iconic name i romero was supposed to do one and then i think scheduling fell through but even that i think carpenter probably had a in a way because romero is still very um i think people that didn't like zombie stuff didn't necessarily care about romero yeah they didn't have a reason to clock him whereas like like carpenter was doing iconic horror stuff and people were you know saying oh the 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 grandfather of the slasher and all this but also like weird actiony shit Mm -hmm. oh yeah you know well that's something that i think has always been very why carpenter has been such so beloved by like the the communities we're in is because it wasn't just that he did one thing he 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 really there were three things i think he and I speak for him in the present tense, um, three things that he was really good at and really loved, and that was Westerns, action, and horror. And more so than probably any director, he found a way to tie all three together in really interesting, dynamic ways that that hold up very well. I agree. Um, I agree. Like, you can argue that, like, well, Joe Dante, yeah, but most people don't, like, know, they can't, like, tell you about like right. a, like a Joe Dante mo- movie like that's not to discount what like his popularity or his success but there's just something about like people knew what a, yeah. what a John Carpenter movie was and if you I, th- I was thinking about this as far as like you know what are what is the most iconic or most influential horror film of all time and there is probably an ar- there's different arguments to be made for several of them I think but I think there is a very good one to be made for Halloween because if you take Halloween out of existence <laughs> then horror is absolutely different and even though you had Black Christmas before it which is very much the same template that Halloween takes Halloween's success and everything about it changed horror completely to a teenage market to a different you know different style different cast different draw all of that and without halloween i i don't know what what would that world look like i don't know no it's true it's it's true it's a good point so is john carpenter a master of horror obviously yeah obviously now at this time in his career i think it's interesting to think of where he was so the 90s was kind of the you know slip if you will of his success um so you had In the Mouth of Madness in 94, Village of the Damned in 95, which is not good at all. Uh, Escape from L.A., which I have a soft spot for. Vampires. Ghosts of Mars is 2001. And then the next thing after that is these two episodes. Or this episode mm-hmm. and then his episode in the next season. And then he doesn't really do anything until the ward. And that's it for him directing. I think he's focused much more on his music. Uh, hey, if I was his age and living my life, I'd probably do what I want to do, too. And making movies does not seem to be his joy anymore no i mean good for him but that there's that that chunk 
I would, oh boy, I'm scrolling through. I would even say from like, they live all the way back to Precinct uh, 13. That stretch is just bulletproof. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, Starman's not great, but Starman's fine. Mm -hmm. Christine's not great, but like. Christine is wonderful. Oh, oh, that, the movie, not you. (laughs) The movie. It's fine. But like, the thing is. I, look, arguably one of the m- yeah. most perfect movies ever made. Okay. Like, it's so good. Yep. And The Fog is great, and Prince of Darkness is... Like, there's so many great ones where you're like, no, no, well... No, but that one's also good. Oh, uh, no, that... You know, they live as... I don't know, like... Yeah, boy, he's good, huh? Yeah, he is great. <laughs> and, I mean, he definitely... I could say he lost a step. You could say he maybe got bored. Maybe, maybe he'd done everything he wanted to do. So this era, Carpenter, is, is, I mean, things are, are trailing off at this point, right? Yes. I mean, the ward, I the I don't know if I, oh, the ward's not good. It's but not. I, we covered it, but remember? I, we did an episode Yeah. I, I think I like it. I think, you know what, if I don't like it, I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Like, I think about it and go like, oh, yeah, the ward. Yeah. But it wasn't I great. the ward was I, fine. Yeah. It, it's f- fine. But, like, I'm glad that he's doing stuff that he seems to enjoy instead right. of like making crappy movies. That's a but very it, good point. Like, yeah. Because, um, spoiler alert, I didn't think that this was well made. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think this is the one that everybody remembers as being the good one. Oh, right? well, is, I have some news for people. I know when people talk <laughs> about season one of masters of horror or even masters of horror in general, I feel like every conversation I have about it includes somebody saying, yeah, I mean, they're kind of, they're not that great, but cigarette burns is great. Yeah. Like that's the one. And if you're going to see one, see that one. So I think, I think while I think that you're onto something with that, if you say that, and I'm not ever going to tell somebody that their opinion's wrong, I think that maybe they need to be reviewed in like a modern context, because while there are interesting ideas in cigarette burns, the the way that it is handled is not interesting and not different or cool or <laughs> and I don't think I think it will play even worse now. That's the thing. And and I think there's there's a lot of different um rose colored glasses being worn when mm-hmm. when we think about it. Because I think you and I yep. both said last week, Oh yeah, I think I like cigarette burns the first time. And I know for me I remember like really enjoying it fifteen years ago when I watched it. <laughs> And so this one, I, I told Brandon, I'm like, you know, if you're going to watch one of these with me and we have an hour, like there, we don't want to start a full movie. Like let's watch yeah. it. Like watch, let's watch cigarette burns. I think you might like it. And it was, you know, it ends and I look at him and he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, like, you know, <laughs> honestly, I still think it might be better than a lot of the other episodes. Oh, oh, are we, if we're grading on a curve. Absolutely, it is so much better but that being said it is not good it there oh boy does it did they what if you 
If you watched a chunk of these episodes, and I could write down some names for you, if you watch a chunk of these episodes, one might think there's only one story to tell in the entire world. I don't know why <laughs> all of these people decide to t- decided to tell the same fucking story over and over again. So maybe if you just snatched this out of the air and gave it to me, I would sit down and go like, oh, I guess that was fine. But after I've had to watch six other ones that did the same exact story, <laughs> I don't want to see this anymore. I don't want to see somebody walking around downtown Vancouver thinking about a lady and being sad. That's (laughs) literally what they've all been about. (laughs) Except for Homecoming. You're right. Um, Homecoming. Homecoming. Thank you, Homecoming. Yes. Thank you, Homecoming, for being a good episode. Why? So, okay, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, no, please. Um, I will say, I think the strongest aspect of this is the concept. I think the concept is great. And I think the concept is so smart for this series because you are telling a story about film and film fanatics knowing that your audience are those people. Yeah. And that to me is really clever. Um, there are th- aspects about that. And I think this is honestly more the script than Carpenter in terms of it being about a, you know, this guy that's an expert at film and set in these beautiful sets in home theaters and projection booths and all that and all these things that are that are catnip for the people that were watching this series. That's very smart. I have super mixed feelings about it. As as much as I admit that that is subject matter rife for mining and I think that it's smart to do so I don't know if I loved the way in which but also I don't like movies about movies I don't like that self-congratulatory like I'm making a movie about a movie like Hugo and like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which I still haven't seen and you can tell me that it's good but I won't I'm not gonna tell you (laughs) it's good I hated it (laughs) I, I don't like that I don't like that because it's very winky it's yes. very like insider it's very like look how cool I am are you as cool as me do you, right, get, do you that? get that joke do you get that reference there... yeah and I hey guess what I do but like right. I, I don't need that in my media I don't need to f- oh I don't need to feel pandered to whoops mm-hmm. I felt pandered to in this so why don't you tell everybody what cigarette burns <laughs> is about and again we will spoil it as we do um, you're going to hear the ending. Please, Christine, tell us. Um, so this is about a man who is named Norman Reedus. That's not his character name. <laughs> it's, I think it's his character name it. is Kirby. Norman Reedus the whole time. Go with it. Young um, baby-faced so, Norman Reedus. So Norman Reedus is the... Re- oh, Udo. Udo Kears. And I was going to say the re- only recognizable face. Oh, but no. that's not true. Um, Slap your face. Udo Kears. Sorry, Kier is I a- forgot. Udo Kears is the other best thing in this. I think I blocked it out. But anyway... So it's about uh, Norman Reedus's character who owns a little theater, which is a theater in Vancouver. A little sure. theater. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. But like, I think I walked by that area when I was there last time, <laughs> back when we were allowed to go places. But anyways, he has this theater, but also on the side, he tracks down rare movies for like Richie's, which is like, I guess, an okay concept. Mm-hmm. Again, I mixed feelings on on mixed feelings on the larger concept here. Okay. Not pleased with the way it was executed, uh, which we will talk about, but like I get why somebody would be like, "Oh, this is directly speaking to me," and I do not fault you for that. Um but like, ooh. anyways, he so he's like, Udo Kier's like, hey, why don't you go find me this movie? The title of which I am going to say 
in full 400 times. <laughs> in bad <laughs> French. Take a shot every time you hear the name of the movie in this, which is like Il du Fin du Monde. It's it's the way I think I've always said this when Alec whenever a French clue comes up on Jeopardy, Alex Trebek does his like really over the top French thing. That's what I think of every time Norman Reedus has to say Le Guillaume de Monde. It is the thing the, the the fact that no one ever abbreviates it or right. says the movie yeah. or. Like they say the full title so Every much, time. You, and I think you it's, what, it's the stop, end of the world would, is what it translates to. Yeah, I think something like I yeah. forget. I, I again, I really do think I blocked parts of this out. Um, so he's like, yes, 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 God, I'm gonna go <laughs> track this down because uh, I need this money because of side plot. Side what? plot being stupid side my plot. my significant other's dad gave me this theater or gave me money for this theater and I owe him 200k which is exactly how much I'm going to get from doing this job but also I I and his daughter were were like addicted to drugs and she died naked in a bathtub also covered in blood which is like okay I get that you kind of need like motivation to explain why this with this gentleman will go through the lengths he'll go to to get this movie but like dead lady again. Oh yes. What? Why are we dead lady? It's... We see her boobs. That that's par for the course. Yeah. It's like I know fridging is like a concept for a reason because obviously it happens so often. But like pound for pound, the amount of fridging that's happening in these fucking episodes <laughs> a little much. is wild. Yes. So it's really obvious when it's like mm, my my main motivation, my main trauma is this woman I loved. That is dead. Why? Why, 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 why are we doing this? Why couldn't he be so consumed with the... He can, maybe he can't create. And he's so consumed with the need to view the others' creations that he's like, I'm going to do this because this is my calling in life. I don't know. You could fucking think of something else other than a dead bloody lady. Yeah. Anyway, I, I like that. I digress. I, digress. Um, I haven't talked to many people lately. So. <laughs> Let it out, girl. Let it out. So anyways, he goes to track down this movie with a long title and the movie will kill people or make you kill it's very much like um uh, watchmen <laughs> like in the watchmen series how there's the, the oh, movies yeah. that make... okay i mean that look i tried to think of something i liked while i was, I was thinking this. more in the mouth of madness right the same idea oh that's that's what zach said zach was like why this movie already exists why are you doing this and i didn't i didn't even catch that i was like i'm thinking like mm, yes watchman that's a good show let me think about that for a minute but yes like in the mouth of mat oh also i said like the yellow king like there's this thing that but like yellow king stuff you didn't you couldn't you didn't know what it said it just drove you crazy this does the thing where we actually end up seeing it and it's like, and that's why the you... biggest mistake of this episode. Why did you show me? Why show anything? Because like nothing in it's the Jaws thing. Nothing yep. in my head is gonna be as like it's you. Whatever you show me is not gonna live up to like the terror in my brain. Yeah, because I mean uh, the concept again. The concept's cool. The concept is this is a movie that was made and under such hardships and. You kind of get something of the plot is like, oh, the director captured a real angel and chopped his wings off. And that's the movie, I think. Why wasn't the movie about that? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Why wasn't the whole thing? So, like, 
like, I don't know, are we 15 minutes in when we see a wingless angel? Like, movie, movie is like straight up, angels exist. And yeah. I'm, and, and then I have to go look at a bloody lady. The angels exist. <laughs> yeah, give me that. Tell me, tell me that story about the, uh, the assaulted angel more than the bloody naked lady. Yeah, like, so now, so you find an angel, you film it being like, like, you know, like the purity of God or whatever being corrupted and ruined. And that just that alone makes people kill themselves and others well, or whatever. You do it in black um, and white where you also have these grainy shots of like, I don't know, a woman getting tortured or somebody in a room. That's it kills me that they show anything of the movie. It's like it's like that. It's like that episode of The Office. Follow me. It's like that episode of The Office where it's the Halloween episode towards Mm -hmm. where where Gabe has the video like the I can't think of the words, but it's the stupid little video. And it looks like the the, it looks like the video from the ring. (laughs) Like, but it's so stupid. It's like somebody brushing their teeth with like black goo and like 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 a Barbie doll in the microwave. It is exactly that is it. It's a bad student film at the end. It and, and, and it's like. Why did it, why? Because the concept of an angel being defiled, making people go nuts, is so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's not this show. I know, it's not this I know. episode. Um, I, I will say, to give it a few things that I liked. So, okay. I thought, what I thought was interesting was... <laughs> In a way, like it's really not very Carpenter. Like there, I I don't think watching this, I would ever think this was directed no. by John Carpenter if I didn't know it. Um, For it, sure, it you know what it feels like to me more than anything. It feels very much like an Argento movie. It feels like a detective story with these crazy elements where it's going to be a director, right? yeah, like going from like crazy location to crazy location. There's wacky characters who are kind of red herrings who don't really amount to much, but like they're there with a big, crazy, bloody scene. Like, and I kind of was like, okay, that's, that's different. It's not, maybe they didn't have the scale to be able to do that effectively because it doesn't really like the scene right smack in the middle where he ends up, I guess it's when he's still in Paris and he ends up with, what the hell is that? The torture den with the big, scary Russian dude. Oh my gosh, that seemed like such an unnecessary like deviation. It, I mean, it felt like they realized they were under time and let's throw something in there. So here, we'll work the scene in the middle. Because it, it doesn't make any sense. It does nothing. Yeah. Um, it, even the, like, it ends with him, like he's about to get tortured. Instead, he wakes up and everybody around him is dead. And that's never explained. Like, it kind of happens again later, but it's, like, what, at this point, is it the movie has possessed him, but he hasn't seen the movie yet, so what's going on? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because there's the whole, like, the movie knows you're thinking about it and looking for it, so it's going to start to, like, influence you, and, like, like, hey, everyone, I've seen Fight Club and stuff, I know what cigarette burns are. Like, I get, like, I get what this movie was trying to do, so don't, I feel like there are people who will be, will be like, pushing up their glasses, this is not a read on nerds, I wish I had glasses, pushing up their <laughs> glasses do. going, like, you just didn't get it. Like, well, but I, but to, I did. Well, yeah, and as <laughs> my husband pointed out, they don't even explain cigarette burns very well. <laughs> no! And after we watched this the next night, we watched um, a movie, like an older movie from the, from 47, Gentleman's Agreement. And Brandon like paused it. He's like, oh my God, did you see that? I'm like, what? He's like, it was a cigarette burn. I'm like, hey, you're, like, you're going to see them a lot now, now that you know to look for them. <laughs> That's very funny and very true. Yes. But like, so I there are like, if you, 
if you wrote down an aspect of the plot on little slips of paper and like mix them up in a bowl and I could pick a couple, like you could put together like an interesting story. I just don't understand how this story exists, like this specific amalgamation, this yeah. formation of these ideas exists. And where because- is the issue? Is it in the script or is it in the direction? Uh, well, the, and it the, could be a combination. The, it could be a combination because it's not dynamic or fun to watch. It was very flat and very mm-hmm. like boring. Well, like, and that's why I, I think I, I did enjoy it more than you. I didn't find it boring. Um, oh. I found it not good. Like I, I did find it not <laughs> cohesive, not all these things. But I was, you know, and again, the first time I watched it, I, I liked it a lot. Fifteen year ago, years ago, me watching it the other night I was watching it knowing this is not as good as I remember this is messy this is not very good but I was into it as far as like I don't remember where this goes I'm curious where it goes what happens to this guy oh that happens to that guy that's cool and I guess I liked Udo Kier much more than you did in this I mean he was just there he's living his best life all the time love that guy so I guess like from when I really don't like something, the like the thing that keeps me in is being irritated or trying to make it better or think of ways that it could have been better. Like again, like the super cliche thing of the worst sin a movie can commit is to bore me. Sure. Like it got to a point where I just I don't know that I cared. Like it was doing things, and I was like, I wouldn't have done that, or why did they do that, or why is this? And then I realized I didn't care. Like I think it was by the time he got to the filmmaker's like house yes. where his wife was. Okay. Um, I was just like, Ugh. like, great. Is, are we done yet? Like, can we be done? Because I kind of saw, like, I if I didn't. To be honest with you, the only thing I like vividly remembered is when Udo pulls his entrails out and <laughs> throws them. That's a, that's a good suicide. Hey, if you're going to kill yourself, kill yourself I, that way. That's you know? like that's the visual I remembered, and I don't. I guess because it's it's maybe the creepiest, weirdest thing in this. This could have been so creepy and weird. I don't know. I didn't hate it. Like I, I don't. There's nothing here to hate, mm-hmm. but I'm like borderline indifferent of it. Yeah. Um. And I guess it's it's of its time, certainly. I, I feel like it is very... Uh, so it's written by um, Drew McWeenie, who was an Ain't It Cool News reporter for a very long time. I, look, I, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. I have feelings about that, but I'm going to keep them to myself. Oh, no. I mean, please go for it. It's, I, it's well, co-written. It's two writers. So it's Drew McWeenie, who was the Ain't It Cool News guy. And the other credited writer is Scott Swan, who now goes by Rebecca Swan. So, I mean, hey, I guess we get a female screenwriter for once. That's something. That's great. I wish that maybe I could have seen a little bit different aesthetic choices. I mean, but it's so I it was just oh, it was really self-important subject matter, which makes it feel very much like, yeah, I would believe that somebody that wrote for Anical News would have written this episode. And like people like seem to enjoy Drew and that that's fine. But I don't, and I don't know him, and this is obviously 15 years later, so everyone's different, and everyone's whatever. But, like, this, that just, to me, adds to the feeling of, like... The horror broiness of it. Yeah, like, how, like, let this will be fun for me and my friends to do. Yeah. And my friends are all white guys, because I only have white guy friends. And we're gonna get and it, it just... And we get John Carpenter to direct it. 
It's just so weird. Yeah. Like, like I, I get it. Like, you want to help out your bros, but like, at what point do we, we, do we say like, can we please like have quality matter more than like who you're friends with? Because this is, I mean, you think Max Landis was the best choice to fucking write <laughs> a screenplay for the John Landis Masters of Horror? I, I don't think so. But there's this this weird thing that yeah. these are doing i yeah. mean and they're all pre- the whole premise is 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 mick and his buddies yeah and, like... and i mean not not to necessarily draw a comparison to something that maybe doesn't belong here but i think it's things that i'm just i'm just gonna throw out the vhs series which i don't like i think there are some yeah. good segments in them but that's another franchise where you i look at them and i'm like okay there's a lot of mediocrity here there's a lot of misogyny here and every segment is directed by a man. Every segment is almost every segment involves a woman tied in the basement concept. And something that I remember like being really pissed off when I realized was, um, so then when um, they made was it XX XX the like female sort of VHS? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which which is good. Which you know, and it's just four female filmmakers, and one of them is Roxanne. What is her last name? Um, she did Roxanne. No, Roxanne. There a oh, damn it. There's a woman that directs one of the segments in XX, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's it's a good segment. And I hadn't heard of her, Roxanne Benjamin. That's it. And I looked her up because of the other filmmakers I knew, and I saw that she had been, I think, the art director on several VHSs. And what the fuck that you're sitting there making three VHS movies with this woman who's very clearly talented and knows what she's doing and ends up also, I think, doing a segment in Southbound. um, And nobody thinks to say, oh, hey, should we have her do a segment? Like, it's just that same idea that we just keep seeing in, in... in the very bro horror that I, you know, I think you and I who have been horror fans our whole lives and have, have lived amongst it and just dealt with it for so long. And just, that's the way it is. Yeah. I read any cool news for years because where else was I going to get that information? Mm -hmm. Never really occasionally noting in a review, like, Oh, this was written by a man. Like, but, and then you look at it now with all the shit you heard about what a piece of shit Harry Knowles is. And then you go back and you read some of those reviews. You're like, God, how, like I accepted this. I thought this was okay. Like, yeah, f- fuck you all. So, anyway, no, I, I, you, you know, I agree with you, and I understand completely what you're saying. I just, I, 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 I know this is 15 years ago. So to me- to lament like the lack of diversity and the lack of di- diverse right. stories, because again, like I said, you lump enough of these together, you could and show them to somebody, they'll up. be like. Yeah. Oh, have we have we reached the end of modern storytelling? Yeah. No, because we're not letting act like people tell stories. Like let other people tell fucking stories. Yeah. But but we've now we're now to like this point density point where like if a story deviates from this, people are like, oh, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's just not what you immediately recognize. Oh, there's an there's an episode coming up where I'm gonna say exactly what I'm saying right now. I'm trying to. <laughs> pull back but it's just just because something like the turning isn't a movie that you expected it to be it doesn't mean it's bad i don't understand like like a movie can be earnest and a movie can can focus on different things and a movie can subvert your expectations and it doesn't mean it's bad just because it didn't do exactly what every other fucking movie in the genre does 
Well, and it's funny as you say oh, that because I so think weird. what happened with cigarette burns was this was exactly what we wanted in 2005 yeah. from a series called Masters of Horror. This, I think, comes probably closest to being on paper what when Mick Garris said, I'm going to take 12 filmmakers and have them make a horror story of whatever they want for TV. It's going to be an hour long. You know, I really want this to be made for horror fans. I feel like this is the most meets that goal better than it may, maybe any of them because what is it is it is a fairly traditional um kind of heavily inspired by other movies story mm-hmm. that is grisly that is gross that had that has big performances that has um you know some kind of big name some big references it, and it is made for horror movie fans. And in 2005, mm-hmm. it really was what we wanted. You and I both liked it 15 years ago. Yeah, and I guess I guess what part of this is is that watching them in order, I've this is my tipping point. I think hmm. of just being frustrated with the lack of yeah, like the fact that somebody said, "Go make hey everyone, hey talented people, go make." something and everyone's turns in their assignment and it looks like they copied off each other like, <laughs> yeah that's a good point. I, like why I, I and, and so maybe 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 it's not cigarette burns's fault and if this came slightly different at a different point in the in the the episode count like if, if this was three maybe right. i'd be like yeah it wasn't that bad but like it, it's just oh my god stop it why do you keep doing this <laughs> it's exhausting fair. yeah fair <laughs> I also yeah. think it's really interesting that they aired it when they did. Like this would have, to me, would have been the one to premiere with, right? This, the these, two, so episode eight and nine are two episodes that really made me go, "How did they decide? Like, why did they decide to order them this way?" Yeah, because yeah. this it feels really like it would have been a. Maybe, I think this would have been a strong outing for episode one. I, I Again, it doesn't make it any better. It's just I feel like this is absolutely the one that satisfied fans in 2005. Yeah. And I'm really curious for everybody that – because I know that – Oh, no. Did you leave? Are you here? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Oh, hi. I must. I accidentally muted myself. Oh no! I'm, it sounded like you had a wonderful point. No, I. I thought I. I think I thought I unplugged my microphone, but instead I must have just hit mute instead. <laughs> it's good. I don't remember what we were saying. Something about something. It uh, seemed really important, and I loved it. And I wish that I knew what it was. <laughs> um, I think we were saying that this was probably the most satisfying in 2005 for what the, oh, yeah, yeah. what the series was. So mo- when we were ta- when we've talked about this series just on Twitter and Facebook, I feel like a lot of the conversation has been uh, like a-, a listener or a friend here and they're saying like, "Oh, I really like Cigarette Burns. Oh, I, you know, can't wait to rewatch Cigarette Burns." And I'm really curious for everybody that said that, have you rewatched it? And do you feel the same way? Or do you feel more like us of this didn't age very well? And like, I, if you said to me, hey, Christine, I think that Jennifer is the best episode of this. I would say, oh boy, friend. Um, 
I don't think we have anything left to say to each other. <laughs> but if you were like, Cigarette Burns is, is my favorite ep- like mm-hmm. episode of season one specifically, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like, I get uh, it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, mean, I, I still get it. I still think, um, and again, I watched it with my husband who does not have the same um, appetite for horror, for, for not, not like that kind of horror, but like, for horror that isn't that good <laughs> the way I do. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely had like that viewpoint of, oh, here's somebody who's a casual horror fan looking at it and saying, this is badly made. And me watching it, and I think I could probably be convinced it's be- it's well made, and I could be convinced it's total shit. But I know, I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's poorly made, but a good concept. And still to me is entertaining because there's just things in it that you didn't find elsewhere um but it is a mess i think norman i lo- i think norman Reedus seems like a really great guy um i think he's very good on the walking dead i think he's very smart i think he probably is a good actor with good performances in him i think he's pretty terrible in this i just don't think he knows what he's doing and John oh Parker really doesn't know what to give him i f- i feel like he was irritated and like confused and i f- and like some of his line delivery was very like over it and i really like well that's the thing like i was like oh he feels the same way i I believe this was shot in 10 days and the thing like that just kept bugging me was his and i get that like he's kind of playing a sort of if i had to like draw like oh quick you need a cartoon character to play him who do you pick i guess i'd pick um jane's sister from daria like that's what i get (laughs) as far as translation (laughs) Because he is so ridiculously chill that, like, crazy shit happens. A ghost appears in front of him. He sees somebody murdered. And his reaction is like, ugh. And then he just continues on with his day. (laughs) Yeah, it makes the stakes be weird. Like, like when when have we reached critical mass here? When are are we? Because you literally showed me a de-winged angel in scene number three. Yeah. Like so, what? And his stakes, reaction to is... that D-winged angel was basically, "Yeah, that guy's creepy." <laughs> That's he it. never mentioned. He never mentions it again. No, never mentions it again. It's like yeah. to anybody. So he's just like flying all around looking for this, for, for this movie. And there's like like a mythical creature, like yeah. That's sitting in someone. Yeah, and he's just like, mm, I'm just motherfucker if you showed me that an angel existed and you have it you're not paying me 200k you're paying me millions of dollars and the the other thing that i think really does bug me now that i'm getting deeper into it i still don't understand if he ever wanted to watch the movie or not oh because it changes it changes changes. every every scene and you don't know if he's lying at times you're like oh he's saying that so that because he knows this person doesn't want him to so he's saying he's not going to watch it but then, like, then other the next scene, he's saying he's not going to watch it. And you think you believe him. Like, just the fact that that was so ill-defined for this yeah. character is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would have noticed this had Barb not mentioned it on Twitter. But did you notice in the, the opening credits, which I know you usually fast forward through, they added a little Michael Myers cameo? I, I remember that she said that into the episode like I was watching the episode and uh. I remember that she because I had my head down I was like on my phone <laughs> not while, gonna watch that baby wink. <laughs> I 
I was because I like to I like to review the episode on IMDb first. So I was probably just like looking at who wrote it and looking at who directed it and just clicking around at who was in it. And then then once I actually see that the intro have stopped, I will look up. So I missed it. Okay, well, it's cute. There's just Michael Myers there. It's, I don't know. That, I mean, that's cute. It's cute. I kind of wish they'd done that for all of them. Then, right? Right? Like, that would have been cute. Like, have, like, a gremlin in Joe Dante's. And, but then again, as I said that, there's probably a lot of different legal trademarks that you couldn't actually you do. Can't, yeah, and you can't do, like, an off-brand gremlin because people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. true. Um, yeah, so do you recommend cigarette burns? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Like you could, you could certainly do worse. Watch finding an hour worth of something to watch, and like conceptually, like uh, like the concept is neat. It is very like you said, mouth of madness and very king and yellow. Like it's like the unknown is the most disturbing thing, and it can make you crazy. Like and it's a good concept. It's yeah, the concept I like it. of like, well, can you resist watching this movie knowing that it drove people insane, knowing what it did to people, knowing that it made people try to kill their wives, like but but and you're a film lover, so you should want to watch it, but now you know not to watch it, so you're not going to try to watch it. But none of that yeah. heightened stakes are there, and that's the shame. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd also say like Look, if you're watching these, you should not skip this one. This is no. You might like it more than us. You might it might remind you of horror in 2005 because I do feel like it's of its time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Kind, kind, dis- dis- this was probably the biggest disappointment I think upon rewatch, just because oh, I had wow. fond memories of it. Huh. I'm my biggest disappointment could be yet to come. Ooh, okay. <laughs> On that note, we're going to leave you. And when we come back, uh, when next you hear us, it will be about episode nine, the fair haired child. So yep. in the meantime, everybody keep your intestines in your body and not on a film roll. Cause how would that even fucking work? It wouldn't, no, it wouldn't. but it, the visual was neat. It was cool. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Bye folks. Fantastic beginning! There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me! There'll be heroes bold, there'll be comedy, and a lot of fuss that is for us to happily. Hey, a movie! We can watch it on the Okay, I landed on my head. Go ahead, Kermit. Thank you. See, in this film, me and Fozzie play crack investigative reporters for the Daily Chronicle. And Gonzo, he's our photographer. And it's gonna be terrific. <laughs> I were you people seeing this for the first time. Wow. Ah. Ah.
Only crooks and cops shall be villainy. But with us on call, we'll fix it all real easily. Play a movie. Wow, it's gonna be terrific, starring everybody. And me. Now, what we need, guys, is an exciting photo story. Right this way, young lady. I'll take a picture of this chicken. Oh, beautiful. That's great, Gonzo. Yeah. Smile, chicky babe. <laughs> yes. or not. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. There'll be mystery and catastrophe, but it's all in fun. You pay the money. Wait and see. Be a movie.